This is the Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios in South Central Alaska, USA. Live and local, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on KVNT, 1020 a.m. and 92.5 FM. Your best source for morning news, traffic, and weather. Streaming live online at TomAndersonShow.com. Phone lines are open. Dial 907-357-5868. That's 357-5868. Politics and news from a guy who's made it happen. Your morning drive just got a whole lot better. Good morning, America. Here's Tom Anderson. Hey, good morning, everybody. Happy Tuesday, Tom Anderson Show. Yet another morning of news and broadcasting for you all. We're doing the heavy lifting as you drive to work or bring your kiddos to school. I hope you are having a great morning. I'm sorry for the fact that the weather reports show, at least if you're listening at a state, it's probably nice and warm for you. Some of you listen on the online at TomAndersonShow.com, and I appreciate for that. I had people on Friday writing to me uh, from a couple different states asking a question or giving their comments. Of course, I say, why don't you call in? But they're too shy to do that. But for those of you, and they were in good weather in the Dakotas, in California, in Washington State, in the South. But for those of you that listen live and local right here in the great South Central Alaska, it's crappy. And so you can probably glean that when you look outside and see the dark and the rain. And I'm sorry for that. There's not much I can do but try to make you happy, as Gary says. <laughs> Always so happy. We love Gary. Gary called in yesterday and gave an update and say a prayer for Gary because he hasn't felt well. And it's been for a while and having a stroke. He's in East Anchorage and Muldoon on the west side of Muldoon there, right before Glen Highway. And just hasn't felt well. And we'd like to like to think positively for him and hope that he rebounds. And I think he can. I think he can. I think it, without question, attitude has something to do with it. I may be wrong, but I do. I think attitude has something to be with it. Oh, boy, PFDs are coming. And, in fact, is today the PFD? I can't remember when it's going to be released, but I know that I was talking to somebody at Fred Meyer in the liquor store, and he said, oh, my gosh, we're getting prepared for everybody. He said tomorrow, and this was yesterday, so the maybe – Maybe the PFDs are coming out. I don't know. I'm going to let me look real quick. Sorry for this, but I'm going to go to Wells Fargo. We do have PFDs coming out today. Okay, well, let me look. That's, and I'm, I was going to say, I bet. Yeah, I Tom, Tom says he's got his already. Yeah, I'm looking too here, folks. Folks, right now, it's not about excellence or giving a damn about any of you. It's about checking if my moolah came in. So here we go. Wells Fargo, your account is still at zero. Just kidding. No, on the break, I will look this up and I will check. And I think that she's right. So that is good news. And I'm happy to hear that. But what does that mean? We'll talk about this later. What does it mean when it comes to your money and what you will spend? Will you save it? Many will not. Many will say, hell no, I have things to buy. I've wanted to get that bed forever or get my vehicle repaired or go on a trip. If you have kids, we were joking yesterday about kids, but let's say you had two or three. Well, I mean, that's a nightmare the rest of the year, but on the permanent fund dividend day, it's a delight because suddenly instead of getting, you know, 7,000 something for a couple, you got a whopping another 10 grand. So, you know, that adds up really does. 
and whatever it is, 3,000 something. I mean, at least in the six to mid six range. And so you could go out and yeah, you could go to a restaurant. You could go do a service for your home, you know, get, get upgraded in plumbing. I could name a million things and I don't want to bore you. But one thing that I noticed in email, Alaska Airlines, biggest PFD sale ever. Ready for takeoff, score points, buy a ticket, 59 bucks one way. Where is that to like Kenai? Um, you know, that you can get deals and today's the day to think about that if you're so interested. Okay. So there is a fellow named Adnan. Is it Syed? I'm probably mispronouncing his name. Whose conviction for allegedly killing his girlfriend, Heyman Lee was the subject of the hit podcast, Serial. He's a free man now, at least for now, after a Baltimore judge overturned the conviction yesterday and ordered his release from prison. Judge Melissa Finn, Morning Brew reports, her decision comes after prosecutors asked for the conviction to be tossed. That always helps when the prosecution says, hey, there's new evidence. There is the possibility of two alternative suspects that murdered Miss Lee. And so rather than have another trial, even we just want to release the guy he's been in. He was serving a life sentence. He's been in for 23 years. Two suspects who have not been named were considered in the original investigation, but not properly ruled out. Both had history of violence against women. One even threatened to kill Lee. And they had evidence of that. Saeed's lawyers also want new forensic testing to see if DNA evidence is available. He was arrested when he was 17 and he's now 41. And he's always maintained that, Hey, I was not involved remotely in that 1999 crime. I didn't kill her. And his story came to national prominence when serial debut, that's the title serial back in 2014, eight years ago. So 15 years after, after he was convicted, eight years ago and the podcast's first season actually everybody watching it many of them it raised doubts for them about the evidence against him and the flimsy cell phone records well that podcast has been downloaded get this 300 million times and is considered the world's most listen to podcast on earth 300 million about this guy Saeed Adnan Saeed Saeed this American Life spinoff was the first podcast ever to win a Peabody award besides gathering prestige and obviously helped him is he totally out of the woods yet no the judge gave prosecutors 30 days to decide whether to drop the charges or retry the case. I mean, especially if he didn't do it. After 23 years, I hope they don't retry him. A new episode of Serial Drops today. I don't know why they said drops when they're talking about dropping the charges. Poor grammar. But good good for him. And I find it interesting. There were other guys involved, and I don't know if they were Muslim, but I'm sorry. I'm going to be... Quick on a rant here. I don't know why a girl would date a Muslim guy with all the rules misogynistically against women. And, and it, I guess you have to procreate and be married. It's kind of a religious push in the Middle East or like Saudi Arabia or that area. But think about that. 
the awful control men have on women. No voting, no driving, cover your face. I mean, it, it was worse back in the day. I, what, how could a female find that attractive? I mean, I guess unless that's all you have and you're indoctrinated as a little girl. But it's awful. It's an awful religion to women. So it's, to me, a fact. I know you're thinking, well, you're postulizing or uh, making a hypothetical. No, I've read too much. That's my view. I'm sure there's Muslims out there, some Albanians and Macedonians and Indonesians that say it's not true. Maybe not for everybody, but for many. We're going to come right back. Stay with us. Good morning, everybody. Tuesday, 14 minutes after the hour, Tom Anderson Show. is the Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday. Hey, we're back. Good morning, everybody. Tom Anderson Show, 18 minutes after the hour. If you want to join us, you can, 357-5868, We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to rap with you and chat about anything. I don't want to talk about Minnesota Vikings. If Tom Steigelman's listening, I just looked. Uh, I was busy last night with an event at my house and then was busy cleaning after for an hour and a half. And so I did not look and I waited with bated breath this morning. It's kind of like Christmas morning. You're waiting to see the Christmas present. I wanted to look to see how my one and O, they first won their first game, one and O Minnesota Vikings did against Philadelphia. And I said, I warned that it would be a tough game. They got their butts handed to them, seven to twenty-four. So Phillies two and zero, and Vikings are one and one. I don't want to talk about it; it's too painful. Yeah. It's how Tom <laughs> felt when Seattle beat. Listen to Tom laughing evilly. Yes, I I didn't obviously watch it, but man, I bet I had a fear for how well Philadelphia did their first game. I thought, oh no, they're really good. Did yeah. you watch the game, Tom? Uh, yeah, I watched it off and on because they had two games on at the same time. Yeah. Uh, so they had the Buffalo game on, too. So I was bouncing back and forth. But, you know, Philadelphia, I mean, their quarterback, uh, what's his name? Jalen Hurts, yeah. I believe. Uh, man, that guy's unbelievable. I mean, just with his running ability, uh, just very hard to defend. So Did Minnesota look awful or just they just lost? No, they just clear. lost. Yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't you know, really horrible or anything like that. It wasn't like a routing. Yeah. You know, the Philly defense played pretty good, and so that's always tough to overcome. But, you know, I, I mean, you're concerned about that, but, man, it was even worse for me because, uh, you know, I play fantasy football, and so uh, the Bills quarterback kept throwing to uh, uh, one of their receivers, last name of Diggs, and that guy was just running up the points. Well, of course, my wife had him on her team, and we were playing each other this week, so oh, I lost no. to my wife. Oh, so I got to live with that for half the season until we play again and hopefully have another chance. And she was really disappointed, though, with herself, because traditionally uh, we'll make some sort of a bet for doing house chores. And uh, she opted not to make a bet this year. So I was like, great. So I got, you know, that was the plus side for me. 
Well, so I just have to listen to her brag, but I don't have extra chores. You're the, which is a great outcome. <laughs> That's right. You're the football guy more than me. Is the new schedule that they're going to have two Monday night games? Because I noticed that yesterday when I was looking up the Vikings, I thought, oh, wow, there's an earlier game, the Buffalo game and the Vikes and Philly game. Is that new? Because I used to remember just one game on Monday. Yeah, I think it is new. I don't know if that's going to be consistent. I haven't looked far enough into the schedule or if this was just a one-off thing. Um, but, you know, I, I don't, uh, you know, on a Monday night, I'd prefer just one game that you get focused on that because I was, you know, you end up bouncing back and forth. And if you have the new uh, GCI uh, system there, what do they call it, Yukon? Uh, yeah. That thing's horrible for bouncing back and forth between channels. Okay. So loads, slow to load, it buffers. I mean, it it's bad. So. Yeah. No, that's that's good to know that it's bad to that end. I, uh, yeah. I, well, there'll be more games ahead. So for those of you don't don't fall asleep for the particularly the ladies that aren't into football, we'll get off it. But I am saddened by both Denver and. Minnesota's recent losses. Hey, President Biden has issued nearly 100 executive orders. I cannot believe that, which will cost taxpayers almost 1.5 trillion with a T dollars as the national debt nears 31 trillion with a T. T is in Tom. President Biden currently sits at 99 executive orders since taking office after two years. I mean, at that pace, you think about it, 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 it came, I think the first year was where most of these came. So there's a record in and of itself, just in a first year, all the executive orders passed and even at that stage, he issued more than any president since the 1970s. Okay, I'm assuming they mean Carter. President Biden's executive, or maybe Ford, his executive actions have cost taxpayers more than $1 trillion so far. That's what the Heritage Foundation's Matthew Dickerson told Fox News Digital. That's taken into account the recent student loan executive action, which could cost up to $1 trillion. Canary CEO Dan Eberhardt says that yet Biden and his administration still wonder why inflation has skyrocketed under their watch. He wrote that in Twitter. It's true. But you think about this, and it's pretty alarming. If you look at the budget impact and, and what's happening, people, we all have to pay for that. And even like the student loan forgiveness, which I just paid my student loan yesterday for the month, $625. It adds up, man. And it seems to never reduce. I looked it up and I owe like 60000 still. I'm like, God, Lord. In August, Biden announced plans to forgive ten grand in student loan for borrowers making less than 125000 annually. Well, Pell Grants recipients receive 20000 in handouts if their income falls between one twenty-five. So it just sucks. You might say, well, that doesn't suck. I make under 125000 But it sucks how much our national debt is. It sucks how student loans work. They just come after you uh, aggressively with the percentages. And I know 
the student loan, the initial company that loans you the money, you're probably in favor of them because that got you into and through college. But afterwards, these damn original thoughtful providers sell to these other companies who then wrangle the money out of you. And I just don't like it. And I don't like how much the universities charge. I really don't. I think that they charge way too much for college. And I look at what they make and the endowments and the the fundraising and how much professors make and the infrastructure of universities. And you know what they're forgetting? That pesky little service called education. Professors are becoming celebrities these days from book writing, which they're pushed and nudged to do, to even public speaking and getting on a news station and becoming a, a quote, expert. And you really hope that all that expertise and all that authoring and all that notoriety and reputation building sifts down into the classroom. You hope it does, because that's why our butts are paying for our kids or ourselves going to college for a good education, one that allows us certainly to learn and then use that tool for whatever we choose to do. Inflation is, by the way, even impacting, I read in Fox News, the U.S. Army, which recently released guidance for soldiers as they fight inflation including a suggestion, believe it or not, that they take advantage of the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, commonly known as food stamps. Can you believe that? That there has been a push to our infantrymen, our E1s, our E2s and women to get on food stamps if if they're not doing so well? (laughs) I mean, what's our country coming to? That's awful. Other President Biden executive orders have expanded the welfare state and paid people to stay out of the workforce, you know, and that's only exacerbating the 3.3 million worker shortage that we already see in the economy. Do you remember that during COVID people were paid in some respects not to work, not to work. It's really disgraceful. By the way, overall, Trump issued 220 executive orders over his four years. If you were, I figured some, somebody's going to ask that. Obama issued 276 over eight years. So Trump was way ahead of that. But Biden at, you know, he's on the track for a hundred something for his first two years. That's the record. I, we we got to be a little careful on this if you're a Trump fan because Trump's up there too. By the way, the White House didn't respond to Fox's request for comment. An outside liberal group has played a role in shaping several executive orders, by the way, for regulatory reforms. And there's all sorts of Soros's group. George Soros is one of them. But I'll put this article in Buzz Sprout at TomAndersonShow.com. You can read through what a lot of the the executive orders were. I just worry about our national debt. I really, really do. And I worry about how people think of America. Are they losing respect? Are they frustrated? I know some people, I look at the vehicles and either they're getting a loan or they have the cash. Some people really are doing well. And and I see their homes and I see where they travel and I see their, the, you know, the wives' purses and jewelry or their, their 
getting into debt buying those things. But for the remainder of us, it's a cautionary tale. We get PFD money and maybe we get a tax refund. We got all the PPP during COVID, but times are still tough and you still have to save. And not that I'm an expert in finance, but you got to be careful out there. And we have to hold our lawmakers accountable. That's where electing Democrats is not a wise idea, unless you want government to get bigger and bigger and bigger, and we'll never be able to pay to back this debt. That's the fear. Stay with us, my friends. 357-5868 if you want to join us. Lots more to come. Happy Tuesday, Tom Anderson Show. This is the Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday. And we're back here with the Tom Anderson Show right here on KVNT 1020 AM and 92.5 FM. Right now, 734 in the morning as we are continuing on. A little bit of light rain coming down on the east side of town. What you got going on out there, Tom? Oh, I've got the same with wind and with rain, and it's definitely autumn. And I would say my trees are about half the leaves. So how about you? Uh, yeah, I was... I, well, I'm sorry, my microphone is off. Sarah's grabbing a phone call. We're, we're doing training here, so what I want to yeah. do is every time she gets the headphones back on, ask Tom a question. He's yeah. going to get so much exercise. Yeah, I'll tell you what, though. What was beautiful is I had a chance to uh, I had to go up and get a set of keys from somebody up on the hillside yesterday. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, the trees up there are so beautiful. And so I drove up to Flat Top uh, while I was up there and just looking to back down towards Anchorage and just the – you know, the yellow and the orange colors here and there uh, all throughout the city. It was fantastic. So uh, my suggestion is, uh, you know, if you have a chance to do that, if you're out there listening, if you can take an hour or so and just go for a drive and, uh, you know, get some elevation somewhere so you can look back across the city. uh, Now is the time to do that or go up there. What is it? at uh, Skyview Lane up there in Eagle River. Well, that's a great place, too. And no, that's good to know. So, it, folks, if you want to get your photos, now's the time to do it for fall because the leaves are going to be gone pretty soon. And I think that it's there's pretty much no better time to get photos. I know winter can be beautiful, especially when there's a frost and it's clear and you see the sky. I love to take photos of, like, snow-covered spruce out here in the valley. That's one of my favorites or birch where the you know the snow gets on the twigs and on their branches and then it's a it's like 3:30 in the in the middle of winter you know right when it's starting to get dark sadly that early but or 3 and then and maybe the moon is up there's a you know throughout the throughout the year there's a couple times when you get a nice full moon and that beautiful blue sky and and that's a fun one and then of course in the summer and I live on next to a lake and so there are some really pretty moments you know especially with sunrise or sunset depending on where you live on a lake 
Spring, yeah, I guess when the leaves start blossoming, you know, the breakup and stuff isn't that exciting or beautiful or aesthetically pleasing for a photograph. But I do think when the buds come out, I mean, that's one of my favorite times in mid-May. But probably the best for clear cut, especially in a blue sky, beauty is what Tom talked about. And not that I have to tell you this, but don't you agree, everybody out there? 357-5868 if you want to join us this morning. 907-357-5868. You can talk about photos and fall. You can talk about whatever the heck you want to talk about. Let me go through the news here. We are talking yesterday about customs and border protection recorded 203,597 migrant encounters on the and at the U.S.-Mexican border just last month in August. Can you believe that? That's why they say it's going to be in the 2 million range. Of those encounters, 157,921, basically 158,000 were unique encounters. I don't know what that means. Does that mean singular person? The number is an increase from just under 200,000 in July. So I am impressed at how many migrants think they can just mosey on in. I'm impressed with how they get in. I'm not impressed with the response from the United States. And thank you to Sarah and Tom for reminding me. Woodcarver Mike is on from East Anchorage. Good morning, Mike. Can you believe that East many people? Anchorage. Oh, my gosh. You all yes, right? sir. You've been drinking. What's that? Are you okay? You've been drinking? Yeah, no. <laughs> hey. Look, I just wanted to remind everybody, sometimes you pull on my nervous system early in the morning, that Trump's executive orders were to reverse idiocy and to advance business and to deregulate so you didn't have so many hassles when you were running your company. Agree. radio station. Well, I agree, Mike. I only jump in to say that Biden's saying the same thing. Right, everybody? Right. President Biden is saying, hey, I'm reversing idiocy from Trump. I mean, they all say that. Right. But anybody who would think can do a little bit of critical thinking would see the contrast. Yeah, agreed. How many people do we have boiling across the border when Trump was in? Did we have 200,000 a month? No way. Much less. Right. So when Biden says, well, gee, we got the border secure and that idiot vice president that we have. Says no, the same you're right. Thing. You're making a good point. And what Mike's talking about is I, before ending that previous segment, tossed in something. And of course, he went from smiling. I'm going to go over and punch Anderson in the face because I mentioned how many executive orders Trump had. So I said, well, we don't want to pick on Biden too much because he's still behind Trump. And Mike, what you're saying is no. And not as a Republican or a patriot. You're saying as a as a rational based thinker, many of Trump's executive orders were needed for environmental, for for business, for, you know, helping in the military, getting paid back in the military for foreign affairs and your point is they were necessary so don't count them with the silly executive orders or compare them to biden and i would agree with you yeah i mean i just i'm not it's a good point that you brought up but i just i had to throw that detail in because i think a lot of people don't see it 
I'm still in a quandary about who the 28% of Americans are that think he's doing a fantastic job. Yeah. Well, Hispanics aren't. They're losing them. They're losing Asians. I'm looking at the various polls in my trade association, you know, journals. I get these emails because I'm in the political world. And so you kind of see the trend going on. And I was reading American Thinker. Uh, and there was an article from a guy talking about the fact that it looks like, and, and not wishful thinking, it looks like Republicans are going to take back the House and, and squeak by in the U.S. Senate and we'll have a majority, even if it's by the hair of our chinny-chin-chin chin, uh, n- next year. And yet, the other fear I have, Mike, is that, and we were, I was talking at the, I had a group over at my house yesterday, and including Sarah Palin, and we, we were talking about the fact that in support of her, there is a, a balance between not going negative and also holding your ground. Meaning when Nick Bakich and Americans for Prosperity and other entities went after Sarah, she held her own, smiled, moved forward resolutely and talked about her plan, her issues. But then at some point, it's like, okay, it's like getting bullied. At some point, you grab their wrist, flip it around and put them on their stomach and say in their ear, whispering, don't do that again. And so that's what she's had to do. And guess what's happened as a result? People say, oh, you're going negative. (laughs) No, I'm defending myself as minimally as I can. So I'm not perceived as going negative. And I know her ads. We played them yesterday. We played Peltola's and, and, and Sarah's, or Sarah's ad start today because we launched them. And, and I'm happy to have play in one of Nick Bakich's. But Mike, that's the key. Can Nick Bakich and Sarah get along and say rank the red so that if, if this nation has a Republican majority in the House, God forbid Alaska doesn't have a Democrat. Isn't that your fear, right. too, that we get the majority back in the House? We have a Speaker of the House that's Republican, but our Congresswoman is a Democrat. Can you believe that Murphy's Law? I hope that doesn't happen. Well, yeah, that's one of the things I've considered. If we could still lose this thing. And if you don't work together, if there's no solidarity, we will. One idea is to get Sarah out there with Nick and kind of promote Rank the Red, but that's hard to do. It's hard to get people together when they're competing against each other. So, Well, there's too many chiefs and not enough Indians, so to speak. Yeah, that's true, too. It's like being on a battlefield. Am I going to risk somebody's life to think I can go get a medal, or am I going to let them get it and everybody walks off? Yeah. No, I agree. And, and Dalton... Uh, Dalton's texting with some comments he needs to call into on, on what you're talking about. No, Mike, I agree with you, and it's fair for you to say, hey, bucko, get in shape. Don't compare Trump to Biden when it comes to executive orders. Fair enough. You are correct. And in Biden's case, uh, we're, we're looking at a national debt with that student loan extra, uh, like I mentioned, so high up, over $30 trillion. It's just it's obscene. Back when you and I were younger, Mike, we used to talk about a zero um, you know, based budget and the, and the national debt was half a billion or one trillion. It's just extrapolating so high, it's embarrassing. But Mike, thanks for the call, man. We got to bounce. Enjoy your morning. Okay, appreciate you it. That's Woodcarver, Mike. Get me in shape. Tom Anderson show. Stay with us. Call in. Good morning.
This is the Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday. I'm Tom Anderson Show. Good morning, everybody. 48 minutes after the hour, you know, we talk often about COVID, and many of us have had it and suffered through it and got past it. Many of us have talked about with great consternation the problems of having business hours stifled and closures and wearing masks and limitations where you go and when and what you can do and the the hunker down periods under Ethan Berkowitz and, and under Mike Dunleavy and schools closed or not really disheveled and, and caused problems and uprooted people's lives as a result. Fast forward, now it looks like we are getting close to making COVID a regular event in our perception like the flu. And so a pandemic in terms of numbers and problems could be over. And President Biden actually declared the pandemic is over. And yet NPR talks about the fact that this complicates the effort to fight COVID. Now, I don't know if you agree. I don't know if I agree with that. But Biden on 60 Minutes said, hey, it's basically over. So NPR is looking at what does that mean for health care? Of course, COVID still exists, but he means the pandemic at large. COVID is over. NPR talks about this and, and weighs what that means for Americans. Is the pandemic over? Here's how President Biden answered that question Sunday on CBS's 60 Minutes. The pandemic is over. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. Uh, it's But the pandemic is over. The president's surprise pronouncement is not going over well with some people, including folks at high risk from COVID and those suffering from long COVID. Some of them staged a protest Monday outside the White House as a result. Here's one demonstrator, Hannah Davis. She told NPR she got COVID in 2020 and that she is experiencing long-term symptoms. I'm extremely disappointed in Biden's comment that the pandemic is over. There is absolutely not enough attention on the long-term effects of, of this, this disease. NPR health correspondent Rob Stein is with us this morning. Hi, Rob. Good morning, Rachel. Clearly, as we heard, some people who are especially vulnerable feel like the pandemic is not yet over. The president is saying it is. You are talking with the public health experts. What are they saying? The short answer from many of the experts I've been talking with is a pretty definitive nope, not even close. While things are certainly way better than they were, say, a year ago, all you need to do is take a look at the number of lives that are still being lost every day to know that COVID is far from being in the rearview mirror. Here's William Hannage at the Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health. 400 deaths a day, is that what we're going to be happy with? I think we have to recognize that we still have a big public health problem, regardless of whether or not President Biden says the pandemic is over. If the number of people dying at this rate continues, nearly 150,000 could die from COVID in the next year. And that doesn't even count all those ending up in the hospital and all the lives being upended by the virus. You know, kids missing school, workers missing mm-hmm. work, plans being derailed. And the big concern is the president's statement comes at what could be a pivotal moment in the fight against the virus. A pivotal moment being what? 
Winter is coming, bringing big fears of yet another winter surge. So the administration is struggling to convince people to once again roll up their sleeves to get new boosters to protect them against Omicron. Most people eligible for the first boosters never got them, and declaring the pandemic over is not a great selling point for the new ones. Here's Michael Osterholm from the University of Minnesota. We need to get as many people in this country as possible vaccinated with the new boosters. And we already knew we had a challenge to accomplish that. But by declaring the pandemic over, there'll be many people say, well, why do I need to get it? Osterholm and others are especially worried about older people who are the most likely to die from COVID. And that's not all. Critics say declaring the pandemic over could also make it even harder to convince Congress to approve billions of dollars more to make sure the country has plenty of tests, vaccines and treatments to fight Omicron and potentially some new variant that could emerge. And there lies the rub. You isn't can there crank that, that NPR concern? down. Isn't Thank you for that. Concern? And I know Dalton's on hold in the Matt Sue here. We have a few more minutes to chat about this. Before we get to Dalton, there is a balance. Dalton's going to get on the macro side of things, and, and that's his tendency, which is fine. But I want to talk about the micro, the definitive aspects of, of government healthcare policy. What happens when there's a sub-variant? It, you know, is there funding if there's another strain in a city or community gets it? Again, that talks about raising the debt, admittedly. Uh, what type of funding is that? If there are... Uh, variants out there and then another booster comes and someone says there is no, uh, you know, there, there's not whatsoever a pandemic going on. Will that change the public's mindset on getting a booster? Dalton would love that if nobody got a booster, but others say, no, we want the booster. So the damn COVID doesn't spread, you know, presuming it, it does quell the, the, the disease then then if you're on that side of things you get the you get the booster you don't get covid for the most part and during the during the the time it, it it's active now dalton's on from matt sue and i assume you think this is a bunch of gobbledygook and you get frustrated with any of these narratives talking about the pandemic whatsoever anymore hey do y'all remember the good old days when i told you the phone was watching you and you laughed at me you remember that one I do, Master. Well, I look do. here, man. They're lying to you again. Just like they lied to you back then, they're lying to you now. Every time you hear Lisa Murkowski open her mouth, she's lying. Biden, oh, lying. That's not true. All of them. Listen, the I bottom line is Lisa there is no variant. Come on, man. There is no variant. There is no vaccine that would help any type of variant. They've never isolated the virus. That way, we've never, we've never seen it. They have no blood test for the virus, which is impossible it doesn't exist. It's the flu. And you can't cure the flu. They're trying to do it. They're trying to tell you they did it. They didn't do it. It's the flu. And it might be a bad flu, but you should have ate better. Suck it up. Look, it's going to come down to this. We're going to have to eat our neighbors before this is over with. You need to start sizing them up. If you got oh, some fat neighbors down there. Don't get into cannibalism because then you're going to make me hungry. Hey, I'm they're already making movies about it. Yeah. They're already making movies about it. The, the liberals already doing it, man. They love it. And so, listen, it's going to get rough. Do y'all, hey, y'all remember the FBI came by my house 14 years ago. And I remember because my, my son, little Super D, was, was one years old. Because I remember Roz hiding him. And I said, you can't hide a baby from the FBI. They know, it. They know you got a baby. And so they, they came by my house 14 years ago. That's how I got into this. Mike Lindahl, or, or Mike Lindell is just getting, the, getting a little bit of the juice, see? From my pillow. Yeah, we got to get him on That's the right. show. That's right. 
Yeah. Now, this emergency is still on. It doesn't matter what Obama says. I mean, what, what, yeah, it is Obama running everything, but it doesn't matter what Biden says. Biden says it's over. It's not over because the emergency is not over and the money has not stopped. He just said that so that, uh, you know, the, for the election that it's over. So people, man, oh, wow, he saved us from the, he saved us from Corona. No, that's, so that's all that is. point. Your point is that he could say that and then Democrats could say, see, our, our, our president, our party, a Democrat, Joe Biden, got rid of the pandemic. Yeah, that probably is why he's saying it. You're right. Yeah, yeah. It's all, listen, size up your neighbors, man. You're going to have to eat them. I don't know what to tell you. Mrs. It's getting Dash. You talking Imagine about food stamps? Spices with them. Yum. God, yeah. yeah, food stamps. Hey, food stamps for the military guys. Uh-uh, man, this is going crazy. They're cutting our food off. They're cutting our power off. Listen, and, and you know what? Matanuska doesn't have a clue. I called the girls at Matanuska yesterday. Power? You mean electric. They yeah, don't have Matanuska a clue. Electric Association. Yep. They don't have a clue that this is coming. She said, no, it's fine. Everything's good. I said, lady, you better be getting some wood. I don't care if you work down there or not. Yeah. Yeah, and like you say, size up your neighbors, lady. So no, that's no cannibal. You know, hey, hey, I love it, man. You I know, you make me feel good. Well, uh, I stole that from Alex Jones. I stole that. He told he he came up with that one first. Sure. Well, like I was telling the kids that are helping produce here, uh, Dylan and Sarah. I mean, you know, I can't wait. A few billion years from now, that sun's going to implode, and that's exciting in and of itself. I can't wait for there to be nothing in this area. Doesn't that feel good? By the way, guess who we're making happy? Gary. Gary's listening, saying, now you're talking. Enough of this happiness. Death, gloom, sun implosion, cannibalism. Gary's happy as hell now. Well, hey, Gary acts like hey, Gary acts like he's uh, feeling bad and stuff, but when he calls in, he sounds like he's rolling. Yeah. Me and Gary are mothers from another mother, or, or brothers from another <laughs> mother, probably. Yeah, no, you probably are. He, Gary's going to get mad at that, but then he probably lays there and says, yeah, Dalton and I, even if we don't agree, but when we get on a rant, we are similar. So Dalton always appreciates yeah, he, he the hate. <laughs> yeah, he wants to hate on me for a minute. All right, bye. Yeah, we got to bounce, brother. I appreciate it. Cannibals, fist bumping, the cannibals. Stay with us. One hour ahead. Tom Anderson Show. Good morning. Your love give me such a thrill. But your love don't pay my bills. I need fun. That's what I want. That's what I want. This is the Tom Anderson Show. Broadcasting live from the KVNT studios in South Central Alaska, USA. Live and local, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on KVNT, 1020 a.m. and 92.5 FM. Your best source for morning news, traffic, and weather. Streaming live online at TomAndersonShow.com. Phone lines are open. Dial 907-357-5868. That's 357-5868. Politics and news from a guy who's made it happen. Your morning drive just got a whole lot better. Good morning, America. Here's Tom Anderson. Hey, good morning, everybody. Happy PFD Day. Second hour of the program, 8.06 a.m. What are you going to do with your PFDs? Big money coming in, over 3,000 buckaroonies. And I looked on the break last hour, and I know that Sarah said Tom Steigman got his. And Dylan and Sarah, did you guys get yours? Ours are in the bank. 
Isn't that nice? What are you going to do with all that money? Well, we do need a new car, uh, so it's looking like a down payment. Doesn't that suck? <laughs> because you, you, there's that kind of money. My guess is you'll save a little bit, 1000 or something for your savings, but then all the rest goes to the vehicle. And right now with, with kind of the COVID issue, whether it's done or not, we reported on that last hour. Now you've got all these used car dealers and these new car dealers jacking up the prices. So if you use that as a down payment, I mean, will you get a new vehicle? Or will you get a used one? Probably. I mean, it'll be. I mean, it'll be new to us, but something used will probably be better for us. And uh, yeah. just for the illusion of, of feeling like I'm a responsible adult, I've definitely just put it straight into savings. Which is so. smart. Well, in getting used vehicle, what I was going to recommend is don't, especially as a young youngsters, don't uh, don't get swooned. And it sounds like you're bright and you wouldn't do that anyway, and you're mature. But but don't get swooned by a new vehicle because Tom will tell you just a couple years. Tom Steigerman, a couple years old, it, it, it devaluates it in a good way. You know what I mean? Something that's forty thousand, that's two or three years old, becomes twenty six thousand, and mm -hmm. it's like, oh wait, now that's different. Five thousand down on that, that's twenty percent. Then you owe 20 or 19 well you that's 300 dollars a month for a couple of years so maybe maybe a little bit more maybe 500 a month for three years but point is that you can you can make a big difference on that so good have fun with your pfd i am too and i'm going to save it and that's not having fun literally having fun but it's nice to be able to do that because i uh you know, it's hard to save. We always end up having kids and having events and things. And thank God, I'm knocking on wood, my crappy studio table here. I think it's wood, compressed wood, composite wood. I, we haven't had health problems. So, so we've been able to save, but that's another thing. I have so many friends out there who who have had and i don't mean big maladies you know major problems obviously that's awful someone says they have cancer or something i don't even want to talk about that it's so depressing because i you know i've lost relatives to that and it's like uh, i know it's real i just don't want to talk about it i don't want to talk about suicide either so so um there are a lot of bad things out there that happen that are, are sad say a prayer for them but but i will tell you when it comes to just basic health care it's expensive and we were talking about that last night when it comes to like a Republican candidate and talking about the PFD, talking about protecting uh, savings accounts in Alaska, but also giving back. So those of us that depend on it can use it. If you add all this stuff up and you look at health care, the problem resides to a degree with insurance. To a degree with pharmaceuticals, those are two separate industries. To a degree, hospitals. Anybody been in the hospital lately? Oh, my God. You want to talk about going bankrupt? Dylan and Sarah are like, yay, we have $6,400, $6, whatever. God forbid, I hope this never happens to them. But go to the hospital. Go to the emergency room. Again, I don't want that to happen. Don't literally do it. But if you had to, your money would be gone in a second if it was something even remotely, you know, from marginal seriousness to very serious, your money would be gone. And so hospitals, insurers, insurance companies, I know what I pay, which is a lot. <coughs> I pay about fifteen, sixteen hundred a month for my wife, for me, and for Grace and my son. And, you know, other kids are older, but... My kid's 15, and he's in good health for the most part, but it's still expensive, 1600 a month. 
and we rarely use it because we're doing well? 1,600, 1,600, 1,600. That's three months, 1,600, 1,600. Well, now I had that times how many years I've had it. I think I've had it eight years. So 1,600 times 10, 10 months is 16,000. 1,600 times the other two months is 3,200. 16,000 plus 3,200 is 19,200 a year. Let's round that up to 20,000 to be fair, times eight. Suddenly I'm Daddy Warbucks. Suddenly everybody's asking me for money. You got $160,000 cash, Anderson, to dole out to insurance? No, I have to, you know, it's like a, it's like a towel that you're trying to squeeze out remaining drips of water. Uh, that, that's, that's a lot of money. And so, and that's what I've paid literally. And for minimal, minimal, I would curse here using a very bad word, fricking, uh, services as a result of that. But Primera loves it. They're like, thank you, dude. <laughs> $160,000. What are we going to do with that? Pate. So it's like, okay, good for you. And we sit here drinking water, listening to the Tom Steigelman Christmas hits. You know, jingle bells, jingle bells. Live from the CBI studios, it's Thomas Steigelman. And that's what we do because we don't have money to recreate because we pay for insurance. And then God forbid, lest you need, I just use the word lest, I love that, a pill. How many people out there take medications monthly? Raise your hand. See, I see a ton of hands being raised. That's because you don't feel well. And the physicians that know better than us recommend it. You go to a pharmaceutical company, but how much do you spend? And I don't mean like bare aspirin or Tylenol. I'm talking about when you have to go to the pharmacy. It's so expensive. My kid's 15. He's going through adolescence. And he is, actually, he's now 16. And and he is, uh, had a birthday. And he is a kid that the only problem he has is acne. Do you know how much Accutane costs? Oh my God, you got to sign a waiver and stuff. It, go, it goes down to the root. It's amazing. If you have chronic acne, Accutane's a big deal. But do you know how much it costs? I mean, if you didn't have insurance, I don't think you'd be able to afford it. It's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And then there is, I talked about healthcare and I talked about pharmaceutical and I talked about insurance. Then there's the poor physicians, the specialists. We talked about this last night at my little soiree. And they, they can barely get by because patients, can't, they feel they can't afford to come to the doctor. You can at Capstone. But then what if you need surgery? That's not Capstone's fault. Uh, you have to go to the right, like AFOC, you have to go to the one of the better surgery centers. But no, we're in a mess. And it goes all back down to the permanent fund dividend. What do you do with it? Definitely save some of it, please. Happy Tuesday. Coming right back. Couple segments ahead. Tom Anderson Show. That had been away Haven't changed, had much to say But man, I still think them cats are crazy They were asking if you were around How you was, where you could be found I Told them you were living downtown Driving all the old men crazy
is the Tom Anderson Show. Broadcasting live from the KVNT studios, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday. Who in God's name picked that song? Tom Steigerman. Welcome to the LGBTQ Yeah, corner. I picked Come that on, song man. because listening to you Jeez. is so dreamy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. We go from Thin Lizzy to that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We just gave up our man card there. Oh, boy. Welcome back. Well, it's your name on the show, not mine. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. You turkey. Tom Anderson Show. Good morning. I'm at ADN.com. I'm looking at news stories to talk to all of you about as you're driving around, and I see PFD sale, Alaska Airlines. Boy, do they have the ads out. And then Big Ray's, Alaskan Outfitter. They're all pushing PFD, and now's the time to do it for sure. I even see Alaska Mining and Diving PFD sweepstakes. That's smart. That's what I would be doing, too, with that kind of money coming out. It's a lot of money, and now is the time to, to uh, you know, to buy things if you have it, I guess. Or safe. So Sean McGuire reporting from Anchorage Daily News, ADN.com, that Alaska Community Foundation, Red Cross, and others accepting donations for storm-ravaged western Alaska. Boy, I'm looking at a photo here. Floodwaters inundate Gullivan on Saturday. Wow. Unbelievable. I mean, you see buildings and atcos, and you see a couple power lines, and the water's like, you know, one-fourth up on the power line, and it's almost covered the atco and the building. That is bad. Alaskans are looking for help now uh, in western Alaska as communities are hit by the storm. And I don't know what Alaska Community Foundation is. It says here Nina Kempel. Oh, I know Nina, or I know of her, is the CEO. She's the president. She said the goal will be to get relief out as quickly as possible for essential needs like food and shelter. The Anchorage-based nonprofit set up an online portal Saturday to start donating. I might donate to that. Kempel's first call was to Diane Kaplan, of course. Everybody calls Diane CEO and president of Rasmussen Foundation. Kaplan wrote a check for 25000 bucks within minutes. Alaska Airlines matched that, 25000 bucks. Salt Chuck, which is a transportation company, I think, is that Janssen's? Um, Jim Jansen's, I think, also donated twenty five thousand. Grand Aviation gave five thousand, go along with five thousand donated to ACF. So <clears throat> that's part of me. That's a you know, it's a lot of money, and good on them. I like to give a shout out to the entities that give money back. We do. We normally don't give twenty five hundred. We give five hundred or a thousand, maybe twenty five hundred if if it's a good year from Optima. You know, we, we give what we can give, but, but I really am impressed with those companies that give that kind of money. And where exactly does the money go? You know, I'm not sure. That's a question that you, you look at all of this. Red Cross is also accepting donations for this Western Alaskan storm. Uh, you can text Red Cross to 90999. And donate 10 bucks for disaster relief or go to the American Red Cross website. I'll, I'll put this article, this ADN article in our Buzzsprout feed so you can just go to the article and then click. If you select the tab supporting your local Red Cross, that donation stays in Alaska. That's I always worry on the national groups, American Red Cross Salvation Army. You always worry if you give to them, does it go out of state? And if it doesn't, if you give to them, what does it go to in-state? 
whereas this other group has a you know a button a donation button purely for western alaskan relief so EDN reports that Marilyn Romano, regional vice president of Alaska Airlines, said the 25K donated to the Alaska Community Fund was sent the best way she said that they can help speed the recovery there. The airline has employees who live and work in Bethel and in Nome and in Kotzebue, and she said the biggest concern was for the safety and well-being of those communities. Romano, who sits on the Rasmussen Foundation's board of directors, so they're all kind of linked together, said the airlines is going to play a key role in distributing relief as well. In fact, the jet was able to fly to Nome over the weekend and it carried essential supplies after the flood had receded from over the runway. Obviously, there wasn't water over the runway. It couldn't have landed. There were diapers, formula, bottled waters, things like that, non-perishable foods that are packed easily, and then they have a longer shelf life, things like spaghetti, I bet you. She said that in coming days and weeks, Alaska Airlines is going to work with the regional air carriers there to help get supplies out to villages like Hooper Bay and Gullivan after they were hit so bad from the storm. But I think this is a a thoughtful article, and I, I really am happy to see people stepping up and supporting them because that's what we do as Alaskans. And not to get all philosophical or mushy, but I really do think that's a big deal. And, and it's instructive that when you get a permanent fund dividend, maybe you give $25 to that group. You know, it's ADN. It's a top story in ADN. Why don't you give 10 bucks? You know, you have 3,200 something dollars. Why don't you give 10 or 15? If, 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 you know, a thousand of us did that, do you know how much food that is? Jeez, that's a ton of food. If you add it up. And by the way, speaking of Western Alaska, they're, right now taking stock and the damage and the cleanups beginning the remnants of Pacific typhoon, uh, the, the Pacific typhoon that, that pummeled them about a thousand miles long on coastal areas that were hit Western Alaska coastline damage infrastructure homes. We talked about this yesterday. Some say the storm even shredded seawalls and here's what's worse. The storm compromised drinking water systems. You know, and when your home gets ripped of a, from a foundation and then like in Nome's case, uh, the streets were deluged with seawater, houses filled with silt. Imagine that. Thank God, no casualties. A boy missing in Hooper Bay, ADN reports as the storm raged on was later found safely. Thank God. Monday, yesterday, as the storm passed, we talked about this, but after my show yesterday, there was more news on it. Residents in dozens of remote Alaska communities, combined population of about 20,000 people, continued assessing the full extent, what happened, what was damaged. And local and state and federal government officials are trying to assess what needs to be repaired, what's broken. And here's another problem. There's not much time left. You know, good old Game of Thrones, winter is coming. Well, you don't want winter to come there where all your infrastructure and your roads and your homes, I mean, that's like a nightmare. That's like a third world country. So Governor Dunleavy actually flew there. I tried to get him over to my house yesterday for that little event I mentioned, and and he couldn't come because he was 
in Western Alaska dealing with this. He said, we just have to impress upon our federal friends that it's not a Florida situation where we've got months to work on this. We've got several weeks. See, if I were him, I wouldn't have compared to Florida. I just would have said, you need to help us. On Monday yesterday, Governor Dunleavy said the assessment work is being completed to file a federal disaster declaration request. Isn't it interesting? Even conservative states... Even efficient-minded governors and mayors and lawmakers, Republican, Democrat, strong Republican, strong Democrat, whatever it is, almost 100%, we always say, hey, federal government, would you pay for this? And you wonder where that money comes from. It comes from taxpayers across the nation. It comes from corporate taxes. It comes from all sorts of sources. Am I complaining or saying don't do it? Not necessarily, but it's still the people and the you know the taxpayer corpus that pays for it. So just something to think of. The state state of Alaska identified five communities as being the most impacted by things like flooding, erosion, high water, electrical issues. Hooper Bay, Scammon Bay, Gullivan, New Talk, and Nome. Those are through Nome, obviously, or those are the five. Nome's the biggest of those by far. That's where one vacant home being used for storage floated down a river until it was caught by a bridge, and it was among the many reported uh, road-damaged areas. Tidal surged 11 feet above normal. Can you imagine that? Most of us are what, like a guy. I, I don't know what the guys are in the studio. Let's say they're, they're six foot, six one, six whatever. That's double their height. Double. That's how much water came in. <laughs> Dudes, dudettes, that's a lot of water. That's awful. State officials were looking closely at those five communities, but also reaching out, obviously, to other communities where, uh, you know, the Homeland Security even has engaged here. Dunleavy w was able yesterday to fly to Chivac and got on the ground to tour Hooper Bay and then Scammon Bay for a couple hours. He said there were two houses off their foundations in Hooper Bay. They're just awful, man. Dunleavy's planning to head north from Bethel Tuesday to visit Norton Sound today and communities like Gullivet and New Talk. Uh, he's also planning to head to Nome. Brian Fisher, director of the Alaska Division of Homeland Security and Emergency Management, said last night that the agency has received reports of 63 homes damaged across the path of the storm. So dozens of structures damaged, including commercial buildings, fish camps, cabins, you name it. So even the National Guard Major General Torrance Sachs was there, and they're all trying to fix this stuff. And I just, I feel awful. Remember, go to TomAndersonShow.com, go to the Buzzsprout feed, and you can, or just go to ADN.com. It's right up top on the headline. You can contribute and help out. Stay with us. Tuesday, Tom Anderson Show.
This is the Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday. Hey, we're back. I was trying to get the folks over at the Alaska Community Foundation on the show, and I was not able to. Elizabeth Miller, Nina Kempel, and team there, uh, it was just short notice. I just thought, hey, why not talk about this group? And I have posted their link on my Tom Anderson show website, Buzzsprout feed. And again, Buzzsprout is simply a podcast portal. It allows you to store or park, as I say, audios there. It could be on anything. And every morning I have my show seven to nine. And some of you call in some of you, I don't know how many of you, but maybe somebody's interested in something we talked about and you're like, doggone it. Uh, he played an NPR story, let's say, or a whatever story, or he talked about something and I want to call him on, or I want to, I want to refresh my memory. Well, you go to TomAndersonShow.com. There's that green box that says Buzzsprout and it says, um, you know, here's past shows. You click that on and you see the notes. You can listen to the audio or you don't have to do diddly squat. You can go about your life, get lost. <laughs> no, but anyway, if you go to the, if you go to the Tom Anderson show, then, then you can check out those notes. And one of them is on this Alaska CF, ACF.org, and they can help you, um, donate to Western Alaska. By the way, this hour brought to you by Pip Alaska. If you have something to mail, we just were ordering for a fundraiser, for a rack card, for a mailer, two mailers, and for a poster, all ordered yesterday, separate five clients from PIP. And we're also looking at stickers and buttons, PIP. That's a sixth client. We're also looking at uh, yard signs, PIP. That's a seventh client. So get a hold of them. And I don't give the phone number because most of you, it's hard enough to give the phone number to call in. Uh, it's just easier to have you go to the website, PIP, P-I-P. PipAlaska.com. PipAlaska.com. Very easy. Once you get there and you find out the service or products you need and you call them, ask for Mike Vanya, V-A-N-I-A, Vanya. V is in Victor, V-A-N-I-A, Mike Vanya. He's the sales manager. He's a nice guy. He's a smart guy. And he's been in that industry for decades. And so he runs the show there and just say, hey, I heard it on the Tom Anderson show. I hear you're the big deal there. You're somebody special, anchorman. No, but but uh, get a hold of them, and that's the way. Or and if again, if you don't need printing, then disregard. Sorry, I took up your time, but it's something that you should pocket away. It's kind of exciting, huh? Printing. You probably need printing for something. Anybody gonna have a Halloween party? Go to Pip. Anybody gonna have a Christmas party? Go to Pip. As if you're gonna mail out to fifteen thousand people. If so, we'll come for sure. Okay, what else is happening in the news? I'm trying to look at local stuff. Again, back to the dividend. I'd love to hear from all of you. I really would. I, I'm going to give you the phone line again. Is there any place, is there any business owner out there that wants to call in? I'll give you free time. Here's the phone number. Think of the gun. 357 5868. 357 5868. If you can call in, you can talk about your business and you can talk about deals that you are giving to all of us with the permanent fund dividend out and about. 
And it's not a small PFD for 2022, is it? It really isn't. I mean, you're talking just under $3,300. By the way, if you have a question with the PFD, I was just looking, it opens at 10. They're, they're sleeping right now. Wink, wink. 3284 bucks. So let's just round it up. $3,300. What are you going to do with that money? Are you a patron? What are you going to do as a business owner to give all of us a deal? Anybody give a Tom Anderson special? You want to call in right now and say, hey, if you come in and mention the Tom Anderson show, you will get this much off a pizza. You will get this much off plumbing. You will get this much off a vehicle if you come to our car dealership. You will get this much off whatever. A waterbed. A Camaro. Creams to bleach your body. Steigelman does that, underarms, and the nether region. Bleachy, bleachy. Whatever you do. Shavers, you know, Dylan, shaving his back. Sarah, those beautiful outfits. She wants to she wants to go New Orleans. If you want to buy products like that and you want a discount. We want to hear from business owners that call in. 357-5868. This is the place to do it. There are only a few talk radio shows on air in the morning that are live and that are local. 357-5868. We want to hear from you. So 3284. That's a lot of money. And I really hope that some of you save it, and I don't know where you save your money or how you save it, but one place I'd recommend that I, I, I have two groups that I recommend, Charles Schwab and T. Rowe Price. Both of them have great computer systems online, in other words, a website, that's what I mean, a website that you can go and you can look at your savings, whether it's a thousand bucks or it's a million dollars. And you can do your transactions online with mutual funds and bonds and, and you know, stocks if you're on the stock trader, if you just have a money market. And telling you, those are, you can do it individually. Now, I know there are all sorts of folks out there. And in the insurance world, State Farm, Farm Allstate, Progressive, they have financial planners. Edward Jones, there's a bunch of those franchises up here in Alaska. Uh, you know, there's there's wealth management there's a couple of friends of mine in different wealth management companies. If you have sizable, my guess is they, I don't know this, but I'm guessing they want you to have 50,000 or 100,000 to start and they can work with you, of course, with their choices. That's the only reason I don't like wealth management funds because they choose and they handle it and you hope for the best. Well, guess what? I can read. I may not be as smart as them in the industry, but I can read. Do you ever feel this way? All of you out there? I can read. All of the newsletters and the magazines and the Kiplingers and the, and maybe that's too late. Once you're reading the magazine, maybe it's too late. Maybe these guys are doing research early on, but I doubt it. They're dealing with management and moving monies and giving reports. And, you know, if you have a thousand clients, you're dealing with that. Your research ability in a money management company like in Alaska is limited, but mine's not limited. I have time every single day to review what's the latest trends in science and healthcare. If I had more money, I would be doing even better because I would be able to invest in those on the NASDAQ and the stock market. But even if you don't have ability to do that, even if you just have money like this permanent fund, I would call 
T. Rowe Price, or I would go online, or I'd go, Charles Schwab is a great one, maybe the best. And I would do that, okay? By the way, do you remember I was researching streaming? And I was researching streaming services, and of course, Disney's doing well, but I don't really like their company culture. And Amazon's doing well, but, you know, Jeff Bezos and team, uh, now he's the third richest man on earth, that Indian fellow second. And of course, Elon Musk first, and that's going to continue to change, used to be Bill Gates. But you've got HBO, you've got a few of those out there. And I said, hey, I said that there was a day about, I want to say 14, 15 months ago, 16 months ago, that Netflix was in the $900 per share, 900 per share valuation. It plummeted. It plummeted down to about 180 a couple months ago. And I told all of you, buy. Not that I'm an expert. It just, it's not advice. It's just my opinion. Well, now it's almost at 250 right now. I bought at 180 something. So think about that. It's already up, you know, 60, 70 bucks a share, a share. And so you, you got to research that stuff. And I think, I think, I don't know if Netflix will ever get to 900, but I think it's going to continue to go up. I think it'll get above 300, maybe even into the 400 range. And they have a lot of things coming. And, uh, you know, their revenue last year was almost 30 billion. So don't short sight yourself or short change yourself. When it comes to your own research and yeah, you have to use a system like a Charles Schwab or, um, you know, Fidelity or one of those where they have really good websites or T. Rowe Price, Fisher Investments. There's a bunch, but Charles Schwab is probably the best for the home money manager that wants to handle her or his own stuff. And it's very fun. And, and if you have money, five, 10, 15,000 and keep saving, it's addictive. So you save some of your PFD, please. 44 minutes after the hour, Tuesday. Stay with us one segment ahead. Tom Anderson Show. This is the Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday. Hey, we're back, everybody, 48 minutes after the hour, and happy to have you with us. We have one segment left, so this is your chance to call in. What are you going to do with your PFD, which landed in banks today? If you're a business owner, do you give a discount? Do you have a special call-in for my restaurant tours? Most of them are not up yet because the restaurant's open later, but we want to hear if there's a special. Let us know. I know Alaska Airlines has such, and there are a few others in the furniture world that are having great PFD sales and car dealers are doing the same. 
So 357-5868. Charlie Kirk is next up, national show, and then we have an all-star lineup. Everyone from Mike Gallagher to we sprinkle on some Hugh Hewitt every so often over the weekend. We have the townhall.com roundups with Sebastian Gorka and Dr. Dennis Prager. Of course, we have Lars Larson, who does a three-hour show in Portland and a three-hour show nationally. I call him the professor. In the evening, my friend, actually, Jim Bohannon. And Lars and I have talked many a time in Portland, but Jim Bohannon, the great Jim Bohannon, remember, it was what now? 27, 8, 29 years ago that Larry King, the great famed now deceased Larry King, went to TV from radio. It was on radio for years. And just like Dick Clark and many of the other greats who have passed away and we've lost. But Larry King went to TV and Jim Bohannon, deep voice cowboy Jim Bohannon, took over for Larry King and he's still there. I bet you he's nearing his 30-year mark with Westwood One. Well, we are honored to have Jim Bohannon here on KVNT in the evening. So, hey, let's bounce to a breaking news story. Figured this would happen. And I figure this is going to happen in more states than just the great state of Minnesota. And I think it's going to happen in Alaska next. The Justice Department said this morning that a federal grand jury has indicted 44 people on charges that they ran a brazen fraud against anti-hunger programs. That means people were hungry. Uh, there's COVID, there's people starving, they don't have the money so that you ask for money from the public and you raise money to feed in, the, the people, the indigent people and the people that need the food. During the coronavirus pandemic, these 44 people stole $240 million, a quarter of a billion dollars by billing the government for meals they never served to kids. The meals never existed, and the kids didn't either. The case in Minnesota appears to be the largest fraud claim uncovered in any pandemic relief program, even more than what we saw in, wasn't a pandemic, but what, it was a flood. Well, although I don't know if they're comparing to New Orleans and Katrina. It actually doesn't note that, so I better be careful to juxtapose the two and say this is more. But it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And heavy federal spending and lacks of, you know, oversight allowed for a spree of scams that that really have paralleled in other states. And it, it was ginormous. The Minnesota operation, prosecutor said, was especially bold. One accused conspirator told the government he had fed 5,000 children a day in a second-story apartment. Obviously nonsense. Other and they and they missed it because there wasn't oversight. Other defendants in the case seemed to put minimal effort into disguising what they were doing, using the website list of randomnames.com to create a fake list of kids they could charge for feeding. Others used a number generating program to produce ages for the children they were supposedly feeding, which led the ages to fluctuate wildly each time the group updated its list of those non-existent kids. At some point, they were caught because it looked fishy. Their scheme, details of which is reported in the New York Times, and this is an article from the New York Times, still pulled in millions of bucks per week, even though it looked ridiculous. Prosecutors said because government officials weren't monitoring it. They relaxed oversight. See, names is the key. 
I think if you have a silly name or a whacked out age, then, you know, oh, we have a, we have a three month old and we, we brought burgers and fries. You'd say, huh? If someone caught it. Or, you know, we have Captain America and Superman. No idiot would name kids that to try to bilk the federal government. But if you did or had a stupid name, uh, you might be looked at like, what type of name is that? So unbelievable here. The founder of nonprofit group, Amy Bach, feeding our future. Uh, she was an insider. She said that the state of Minnesota relied on as a watchdog group uh, to, to, to check out these feeding sites. But Ms. Bach did the opposite. When the pandemic relief programs flooded the, the programs with money, she didn't monitor them. She wasn't a sentinel auditing them. She exploited her position and brought in nearly 200 new feeding operations she knew were submitting faker inflated invoices. Good Lord. Even when the government of Gover Governor Tim Waltz, a Democrat, of course, in Minnesota, sadly, that's the state my dad's from and my relatives live in, and I wish it was conservative. In farm country, it's conservative, like many places, Indiana, Nebraska, Iowa, but the cities are, are uh, liberal. Uh, this raised questions and Ms. Bach rebuffed them by filing a lawsuit and accusing state officials of discriminating her. Of course, she's Eastern African and her clients were, or her clients were that. So they call, pull the race card. I get sick of that. I really do. You know, when there's prejudice, you know, when a cop says, Hey, you're black or accent and you didn't do anything wrong, there's prejudice there. When some moron has a Confederate flag, and, 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 you know, I mean, there, there was prejudice and racism about blacks on whites too. But, but so often you see not crime, but you see a black person raising that flag. And it's like, wait a minute. In this case, she sued because they said you're picking on me. And then we find out she's massively fraudulent, like going to prison. So the Labor Department's Inspector General, again, we're talking about Minnesota because this this just as easily could happen. And I think there's monitoring and scrutiny now in Alaska. Law Department opened 39,000 investigations at the Small Business Administration. About 50 agents have been sorting through 2 million potentially fraudulent loan applications. The indictment said the defendants spent their money on real estate in the United States, Kenya, Turkey, as well as on cars and luxury goods. The Justice Department is seeking to seize many of those purchases, more than 20 vehicles, more than 40 properties. This is in Minnesota guns, cryptocurrency, Louis Vuitton duffel bags. Just awful. It's, it's greed at its highest level. And when you have people that are sick, you have people's parents dying from COVID. You can't even visit them. You know, they're, they're back in a room and then you're like, Oh my God, my parents died. And, um, you know, they have a house and they have a, uh, you name it, they, they, they have bills and now their parents have croaked and they're gone and you're trying to figure a way out a way to, to finance that and you, you contact the government and the government says, no way, there's too much graft and crime and you're like, well, what do you mean? I'm, I'm legitimately asking for help. That's one, one example of many or, or, you know, I work at a restaurant and they closed and I have, and I'm a single parent, I'm a mother and I got to feed my kid and the government says, nope, we're ceasing all funding because of people like in Minnesota who bought Louis Vuitton bags and new cars. Shame on them. That's obviously what they did is wrong. 
And we can all agree and attest that they should be punished. And, and that's human nature, not at its finest. I think it's the minority, and I don't mean black, white, the minority of human nature. I think most of us wouldn't do that. You know what, how ethics is measured? Ethics and moral behavior is measured when no one's looking. It's not your donation publicly or that you go to church and smile. That's public and that's for yourself as much as anything else. Sorry, but I mean, do you really need to go to church? You're probably not talking to anybody in the pews. You're listening to a pastor. If you're an intelligent person, you can learn that stuff yourself. It's I know it's for fellowship and congregation, but it's also a little bit of vanity. I feel, I feel that way truly. Maybe you don't, but I do. And I don't mean don't go to church, but I'm just saying some and donations. Hey, I donated here. I donated there. It's the people that donate in anonymity that I give praise to. Because when you're like, look at what I did. Hey, my kid turned five and you post that on Facebook. That's for you. Your kid is not on Facebook. All the happy birthdays, your kid sees none of them. That's for you. And so when it comes to human nature, some of us really push it too far and too dark. And you, like in Minnesota, they're going to be punished, but you abuse the system for yourself. And, and that's what we never want to do. And I, I just, I'm proud of all of you that spent your PPP money wisely. Spend your PFD money wisely. Save some of it. You got it today. Almost $3,300. God bless Alaska for doing that. And, and it's not Dunleavy or any person. That's, that's money that was made through governmental structures. And so we're very blessed to live in Alaska. Hey, enjoy your Tuesday. Charlie Kirk next up. We'll be back tomorrow. Drive safe and God bless. You can see the morning sun if you drive. I know things will be better. Oh, yes, they will.